The Australian Institute of Traffic Planning and Management, the AITPM, is taking another major step as it continues its growth and influence from humble beginnings to a major institute in the field of traffic and transport planning. It has created the position of Chief Executive Officer. The AITPM started out as the Institute of Traffic Technology in 1966 as a small band of people who saw traffic management moving into wider realms than just traditional engineering. There are no photos from the first meeting and only handwritten minutes. It is now a financially strong institute with branches in all states and with traffic planning and management touching on most aspects of community life. The inaugural CEO of the AITPM is Kirsty Kelly, who joins us on the line now. Kirsty, thank you very much for your time. Thanks, David. What did you see in the AITPM? What encouraged you to this organisation? I've been aware of AITPM for quite a long time as I've done some uh, collaboration with them uh, through my previous roles at the Planning Institute of Australia. So I'm quite familiar with transport planning um, and I've worked alongside um, traffic engineers um, in previous life in local government as well as state government and consultancy. So uh, it's certainly a field that I'm, I'm well aware of and transport you know, impacts on the, the daily decisions in people's lives. Um, so seeing this role as an inaugural um, CEO um, for me was very exciting to be able to work with a number, another membership-based organisation. And it is, of course, not just engineers or even people with degrees. It's a very eclectic area, isn't it? It is, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, there are lots of different players involved in, in transport. So, um, I, yeah, I'm finding it really interesting. It's only a few days into the role um, so far, but, uh, yeah, it's exciting. And, of course, the group has immense input from volunteers. That's really quite astounding, isn't it? It is. It's a very strong you know, member-based, volunteer-based organisation. So, and they've been on quite a journey already, um, significant strategic transformation into a company limited by guarantee and, and getting all of the things lined up to get to this point to be able to appoint a CEO. So I'm um, um, thrilled to be that person. The Planning Institute of Australia, you were CEO for six years, or at least six years, that evolved when you were there. Uh, who did they serve? Who did the Planning Institute represent? Uh, the Planning Institute represents a broad range of professionals um, predominantly involved in planning, and that's from the sort of traditional urban and regional planners, but environmental planners, social planners, and transport planners as well. So there's there's certainly some crossover um, with AITPM and and the you know collaboration I know in a number of jurisdictions around the country. There was a lot of volunteer work there too, I, I presume. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And in fact, I came to the CEO role um, and, and paid roles within the Planning Institute, having been a volunteer myself. So I'd been a a, a state president in South Australia. I'd been on the national board um, as both a state representative, but also the young young planner, and it had been pretty much my whole career before working for the institute as a volunteer for the institute. So mm. um, I'm well aware of the, the volunteer side of working with membership-based organisations, but um, uh, you know, also what's involved in actually managing um, and leading an organisation to uh, evolve into the future. Now everything's changing in terms of the way people engage with their professional institute. Um, social media is, is a big one um, and the way that work, the work world has changed means that associations need to adapt and change what they're doing to serve their members and create that value. 
Well, in fact, it opens up great opportunities, doesn't it? One of the things that was said of your period there was that you got a loosely knit set of divisions to come together. It's not as if they didn't want to. It's often that we're time poor, particularly if we're volunteering a lot. So how did you bring them together? What were some of the things you did there? Yeah, look, and we still worked under the banner of um, one peer. Uh, and so really it was around you know, inspiring everyone to work together and understand the value of being part of a national organisation and that the shared value that working together brings. Um, some of the things we did were quite practical things in terms of sharing of information and, and resources and reducing duplication. Um, but it was also around recognising the strengths of volunteers and what it is that they bring to the organisation and where the focus for them is and enabling then the administration um, side to pick up some of the other areas and reduce that duplication that was happening across the country. So it was uh, lots of things we were working on together and things like social media um, were part of that, but it was also uh, around some of our uh, CPD programs, bringing together uh, things on the website and other communication mechanisms to, to share what was happening around the country. The AITPM has uh, some strong branches all around the uh, country, yet, as you say, you can get economies of scale without them losing their own unique contributions to be made. But if everyone can share those values or those systems and approaches, then uh, collectively we're doing better? Absolutely. And that's, you know, I'm aware already that there is some great work happening around the country and the different branches. So looking at how that information is shared and how you know we can really grow the body of knowledge um, in this area and share the work and the experience, um, but then look at the areas that perhaps we can, from an administrative or management perspective within the RTPM, um, ease the burden of some things from our volunteers um, and help them to advance in other areas. Yes, when the Institute first started as the AITT, there was that great dilemma that unless you could turn up to the meetings in the centre of Sydney, you really got very little communication, whereas now, of course, there are much more opportunities. One of the other things you did was instigate long-term strategic plans. Now, corporate planning can often be a lot of buzzwords, but it's very important to make them practical that people can engage with. Oh, absolutely. And everyone being involved in the process of, of creating it so that you have a shared vision and you know where you're going. Um, how you actually get there at times will change as things evolve. And certainly, you know, when you're thinking about technology, that's constantly changing. And so it gives us different ways of achieving what we're seeking to achieve. Um, mm. So keeping an eye on that, but certainly working together towards the same um, direction is, is important. And, and in a dispersed organisation um, where we have, you know, our members and board members and team members all um, spread around the country, uh, your technology enables us to to come together and to communicate um, in you know in new ways all the time. And so that's something that um, we'll be looking at you know within the organisation is how we take advantage of those opportunities and and connect with each other a lot more. And it's a question of having the resources to do it. Social media can be swamped with quantity rather than quality. I always remember that great quote from Pascal. I apologise for writing a long letter. I didn't have time to write a short one. It's giving resources and being able to channel resources to effectively communicate. Yes, it's not about uh, quantity, it's about quality. And so uh, part of what we'll be looking at is understanding how people use different communication mediums, uh, what it is that they're actually looking for from us um, and different people at different stages in their career or different parts 
um, of the sector, um, whether they're in, in government or local government or in consultancy, different types of transport and traffic, you know, what is it that they're looking for from us um, and how do we serve their needs? I love that idea. That's that's wonderful that we really don't have one-dimensional at a recent AITPM meeting in Victoria. They talked about not being average, that there's no sort of one average that suits all that we do. And I, I must confess, I do like the Planning Institute has a reduction in fees for people that are taking a break, such as maternity leave. That was one of the things that came about um, when I was in the role, having taken on the role myself, only having an 18-month-old at the time. So... Um, it's, you know, reflecting what's happening more in people's lives and looking at an institute, you know, as to how we can support them, whether that's maternity leave, paternity leave, whether it's people caring for elderly parents, people taking study breaks. So um, I'm not promising anything yet, but uh, they're, they're the kinds of things that we certainly looked at at, at PEER and it made a big difference to recognise what was happening in, in people's lives and support them through different parts of their career journey. That is it, isn't it, that you are actually understanding where other people are coming from. Is that the sort of message that you would like to be pushing in your role with the ARTPM? Yeah, and look, I think, you know, part of to have a, a functioning um, profession, you know, you have people at all different stages in their careers and all different walks of life. And so they have different needs professionally as well as personally. So um, keeping them as part of our ARTPM family throughout their career, I think is really important. And so... I'm hoping that one of the things that I'll be able to help the organisation look at is how we do that, so how we support them at different stages in their career to stay involved with us. At some stages in your career, you look for more from your professional organisation and at other stages in your career, it's actually about giving back. Um, so looking at the opportunities to both support people throughout their career, but also to give them the chance to um, support others within the field and to give back to the organisation, whether that's through you know things like mentoring, speaking, and engaging as volunteers. Um, lots of lots of different opportunities. So I'm looking forward to learning more about what the organisation is doing with this at the moment, but seeing how we can um, shape it going forward to engage members in meaningful ways. One of the people who had a big role in getting the Institute going was Harry Campkin. I thought I had been pushing a line that hadn't been raised before. Harry sent me a copy of a paper he wrote in 1974 which really covered the issue that I thought I was being creative with. It just shows how the wisdom that is buried in here comes out at a whole pile of different places, doesn't it? does yeah and that's it and we it's important to to look back and see where we've been and what the issues were before and how we've addressed them and and what we need to do going forward so i mean one of the things that i, I hope to bring to the organization is um, not just my experience at the, at the planning institute and, and other organizations i've been involved with but um you know to work collaboratively with other uh associations and institutes across um, related disciplines and to see how we can work together with them to uh, broaden the exposure um, of our members um, to a range of um, of information and situations um, and vice versa. So for me, collaboration and sharing is really uh, an important part of being a professional um, and so I'm really looking forward to seeing how I can uh, bring that to the organisation as well. I think it broadens us too, doesn't it? And, of course, makes use of information from a variety of sources. One of the things you did when you were CEO of the Planning Institute was talk about a creative or most productive interaction with politicians and the political process. 
How about how do we go about doing that? Uh, look, it, it, that can be a challenging thing to do, but certainly this is a topic that is um, it's very topical at, at all levels of politics. So, um, you know, firstly, it's around understanding what the purpose of this organisation is and, and understanding where we want to um, play uh, in the political space. But um, in terms of engaging with politicians, it's really understanding. Um, all sides of politics and what's going on certainly don't just focus on one, but uh, um, all the, the key um, key parties and players um, and understand what it is that we're seeking to achieve, but also what it is that their pain points are and what what problems they're trying to solve. So um, it's still you know quite early days for me in the organisation understanding what involvement we might have in that in that political area, but um, it's certainly. Um, a topic that is very hot um, and a matter of one of working out where AITPM is best placed to engage, if at all. Engaged over a period of time. It's not just a case of sitting down and working out what we think is the ideal solution. You mentioned it is important to understand where they're coming from, that that's been be something that you would be very cognizant of. Yeah, absolutely. And look, it isn't just a one-off thing. It's not about just going in and having a meeting with a politician and, and thinking that you'll get an outcome. Um, if it's an area that we engage with, it, it's a long-term process and uh, uh, you you know, you know are engaging. Need to, If you want to be effective, you need to engage over you know, quite a long period of time, um, build the relationships and gain the, um, the trust and respect um, mutually uh, and work together on outcomes that you're looking for. And I guess one of the, the ways that we were able to do that effectively at the Planning Institute, and, and they're, you know, they're doing some fantastic work over there at the moment, but you know, that process has been going on for a good 15 years um, and, and collaborating with other organisations. So you know, working with a coalition of organisations from um, the built environment uh, to advocate for um, the outcomes that planners were seeking to achieve um, and so you know if that's a path that we go down um, with ARTPM um, it's something to think about you know who would we work with to do that. Kirsty, congratulations on being the inaugural CEO of the AITPM. Obviously very enthused and uh, looking forward to a very uh, productive period in the future. Absolutely, thank you. I'm, I'm, I'm excited. It's a great opportunity and uh, a chance to work with the organisation to to shape its future. Um, there's been some fantastic fantastic foundations already laid, so um, that gives us something really strong to build upon. We've got a, a good, strong membership um, who have, you know, are engaged, um, so looking to see how we can grow that membership, work with our partners and sponsors. We've got some strong companies that are um, loyal, strong supporters of the organisation, so I'm looking forward to meeting everyone um, and taking us forward. Thank you very much for your time. Thanks, David. And that was Kirsty Kelly, who is the inaugural CEO of the AITPM, the Australian Institute of Traffic Planning and Management, taking up her position as that organisation continues to go from strength.